This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Two Canadians are, have been ordered to repay more than $100,000 in child benefits for 22 fake children. They always push it. They always push it. One or two fake kids, they probably they got away with it. But 22? I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you other 19 fake children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were claiming the Canada child benefit. And uh, they got caught. Cornwall, Ontario residents. Patrick Paquette sentenced to 22 months of house arrest and curfew, pleading guilty to a count of fraud, um, was collecting the child payment on how many fake kids initially? Eight fake kids, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the bank shut down his account because it got flagged as something was fishy there. Mm -hmm. So opened a new bank account without telling his partner and created uh, the rest of the fake kids with that bank account and has to pay back $130,757. So he started a a secret side family from his wife. (laughs) A secret fake side family. Aside from his already secret fake family. (laughs) (laughs) I feel terrible. When that fake family found out about the secret fake family, they must have been just crushed. (laughs) But still, like, so all he has to do is, so I guess he's on house arrest, which is terrible, but that's a pretty sweet loan. Like, all he has to do is pay back the loan, basically. Interest-free loan. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he, but he's on uh, probation. Yeah, but if you're a homebody anyway. <laughs> it's not like he's got 22 kids running around. Yeah, he's got, not, he doesn't have to go to soccer practice. Now that would got to go. That would be a nightmare if you really had all those kids and had to stay home on house arrest. Uh, Canadian Revenue Agency is advising people do not try this because you will get caught and you will be charged if you are caught. 22 fake kids. I can just imagine when his partner found out that she was on the hook as well. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be a part of eight fake kids. Maybe you wouldn't want to be stuck at home after all. (laughs) It was announced yesterday that international travel will resume out of John C. Monroe Hamilton International Airport. International flights will be accepted and departing from Hamilton Airport. And, you know, I've been following this story very closely, Jim, Mm -hmm. because I (laughs) booked a family trip out of Hamilton Airport. I was like, wow, look at all these great flights out of Hamilton. And it was with Swoop. After I had booked the flight, I realized, hold on a second. You can't even cross the border out of Hamilton right now. <laughs> Is this even legal? <laughs> the, but yeah, Swoop I guess was we were selling assuming. flights. Yeah, yeah, they were selling flights based on the optimistic uh, hope that the government would change its mind and start allowing flights out of Hamilton, and they've done that. It kicks in on November 30th, so if you have booked a flight between now and November 30th, you're still out of luck mm-hmm. internationally. But uh, yeah, once you get into December... And us in January, I guess we're we're a green light go here. And now Swoop is like, oh my God, we have to honor all these flights now. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> Some people were ticked off. What do you mean? 
Well, because they were buying flights, they they didn't read the small the the small print there. And yeah. the, why are you selling flights if you can't technically fly with yeah. the regulations that are in place? Sure, but like if you're if you're paying for a plane ticket, you think you would have heard through the grapevine. <laughs> if you don't read the newspaper, you would think you would know international flights aren't happening for the general public. Well, but, if but what, how are they still selling the flights then? In the off chance that they could open up, and then you know why were they? Why were we? Uh, you know, selling concert tickets for shows that were happening. We weren't sure if that was going to happen, right? Yeah, I guess. So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, the good news is that hopefully we're going to be <laughs> getting on a plane and getting out of here with the whole family. A little bit of a Christmas present for the kids. I, yeah. I was worried I was going to have to tell them that they weren't going to see Granny and Grandpa in Florida. <laughs> They would have been less devastated than you, for sure. <laughs> you with your zinc <laughs> on your nose, ready to go. Waterloo Airport in Waterloo, same thing. They've been given the green light to fly internationally. London International Airport in London, Ontario. They say it makes zero sense that they are not on the list. They are hmm. still not allowed international flights out of London, and they're not happy about it. Yeah, I, don't, I wonder why, why not. It seems to be the same circumstances. Says International Airport on the sign. <laughs> it's the whole point it exists. <laughs> Today is National Sandwich Day, Jim. Hmm. What's the best kind of sandwich? I love a club sandwich. Bacon, you know? Yeah. Bacon and chicken. Or or maybe bacon and turkey. You love get it. you get a good club sandwich, you're in for a treat. Now, do you go with the three slices of bread in the club. Do you like the little triangles with the with the three bread slices? No, I don't I don't like tall sandwiches or tall burgers. My mouth doesn't un- unhinge that wide sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, you start and, doing some exercises. I know, some jaw stretches before I go into <laughs> Jack Astors. But I, 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 I do you have an option to say no middle piece? I've never I always go that. no middle piece. Oh, I never thought. I say can I just, you just do a two slices of bread? Mm, yeah, that's that's too much bread. It's a lot, especially if you go with the fries on the side. Yeah, and then when the toasted when the toasted bread uh, is too tall, it scrapes like the side of my mouth a little bit. Makes it less less comfortable to eat. You're a bit of an eating wimp, Jim. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. This toast is too sharp. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man, it's it's putting a square peg into a round hole, Taz. Sometimes. Yeah. Ham and cheddar, that's a good one. Ham and Swiss. I like yeah, a good, yeah, like, like the real ham that you cut off yourself, you know, like a spiral ham. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go to an event where, where it's catered and you get a real nice ham sandwich. Mm. Mm. Funeral sandwiches. Funeral sandwiches. You sandwich. want to talk about good little triangle sandwiches. Yeah. Can I say, though, I hate egg salad sandwiches? You can say whatever you'd like. Thank you, Taz. I hate egg salad sandwiches. I don't know who is eating these things. They stink, and I don't like them. I was at a party on Saturday night, and they had little triangle sandwiches, and there was one guy who kept coming back for the egg salad. He was he was hunting. He's hmm. like, is there any more egg salad in there? He must have eaten, uh, I'd say, six that I saw. Wow, that's a lot six of protein. Six triangles, <laughs> and they were all egg salad. God. Those little triangle sandwiches are kind of like uh, the miniature Halloween candy where you end up eating like four full-size sandwiches 
and you still feel fine because they're all in little triangle form. But if you actually sat down with four sandwiches in front of you <laughs> and tried to plow through those, you couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I think the getting up and walking around helps too, you know? You burn little a few movement. calories, yeah. forget a bit, get back. Submarine sandwiches. I oh, love it too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking about comic strips earlier. Didn't you ever... Uh, read the um, the Blondie comic and see Dagwood making the the tall sandwiches with like oh, everything yeah. from the fridge on it. Oh yeah, sometimes Garfield would eat the whole sandwich with the toothpick still in it. He just opens the mouth so wide, shove her in there. Yeah, are we making you hungry yet? It is Sandwich Day, <laughs> National Sandwich Day. So if you get an opportunity to slap some stuff in between two pieces of bread, you take it. I wanna see you peacock. Time for sports with Devin Peacock from Global News Radio. Dev, those magnificent SOBs did it last night. The Atlanta Braves win the World Series. The Atlanta Braves uh, just uh, came on strong. And uh, Alex Anthopoulos, uh, GM of the Braves, former GM of the Blue Jays, deserves a lot of credit because Jorge Soler was uh, named the World Series MVP. Solar was one of four outfielders that Anthopolis acquired at the deadline uh, to uh, resuscitate the Braves, who were in deep, deep injury uh, troubles. And that trade deadline for Atlanta saved their season and made them World Series champions. There are also some former Blue Jays on this team. Uh, Travis Darnot is on the team. Jesse Chavez is on the team. Uh, and Thopolis had some uh, some guys he liked that he knew from his time in Toronto that he brought along with him, and they're World Series champions as a result. The Blue Jays connection, one of the reasons you wanted the Braves to win. The other was the cheating Houston Astros. Nobody wanted to see them get another title. No, and the Braves even won in Houston to rub it in all those Astros fans' faces, which made it a little extra... Uh, sweeter. Uh, one part that was a little bittersweet for Atlanta is Anthopolis himself is not with the team. He's back in Atlanta right now because he has COVID-19, so he couldn't celebrate the World Series title <laughs> with his team because he's home with COVID. Yeah, I'm sure he was snuggled up on the couch there. <laughs> a little bowl of popcorn. Not a bad way to watch your team win. <laughs> he still gets the ring. He's going to be, uh, I, I don't know if he's going to get a new contract because of this. He recently got one, but I think the uh, Atlanta franchise is going to keep him around for a while. When he came into that job, he was replacing a GM who was mired in a lot of scandal. He had broken some rules in terms of acquiring uh, prospects. So not only did he build up uh, the Braves from that point, but he uh, returned the franchise within the baseball world to some respectability because they had a lot of issues they had to deal with in terms of uh, just getting back to playing by the rules in terms of acquiring players. So he's done a fantastic job with the team. (laughs) We got the TV on here in the studio, and I'm watching the celebrations, the Atlanta Braves after they won the World Series last night. You know, the great thing about winning on the road, one, you kind of get to rub it in the uh, the other team's fans' faces, but two, 
their staff has to clean up after all that champagne gets sprayed around the dressing room. True, <laughs> right? true. You're not like having to apologize to your your maintenance staff <laughs> for the next year, guys. I, again, sorry about the mess we made in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who pooped in the shower. We were just on cloud nine. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you get on a plane, you're out of there. It's their problem. <laughs> See you later, Houston. Jim, this is exciting. We... We got to figure out this NFT thing because, you know, we, we've missed the boat with cryptocurrency. We didn't adapt early enough to that stuff. And now look at it. It's going crazy value-wise. And everyone seems to be doing these NFTs. Quentin Tarantino is releasing seven exclusive scenes from the film Pulp Fiction that have supposedly never been seen before. Hmm. He's not putting them on YouTube. He's auctioning them off as NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm interested to see the scenes. I love the movie. Yeah. Still confused exactly what an NFT is. Like, I think I kind of know, but not really. The scenes will come with the uncut first handwritten scripts of Pulp Fiction and an exclusive custom commentary from Tarantino, plus a front cover that is unique, never-before-seen, public-facing works of art. Hmm. Okay, okay. So then the person who buys the NFT can do what with it? That's the question I have. So they can, they own... Like, could they put it on YouTube, or is it... Could they sell it to somebody? Yeah. If they, they own it, is it theirs, or does Quentin Tarantino still get a cut? Yeah. I, oh, Good man, question. This, this confuses me so much. I don't know how much these things are going to go for, but uh, if there's if there's some that are GIMP related, I, I feel they'll <laughs> go for more. <laughs> like, what's the GIMP's backstory? What? Is, yeah, how did he get in that trunk? Where did he come from? Yeah, yeah. D- d- can he breathe well? Uh, what's is he look like without the mask on? Is he happy to be there? He must be. It must be voluntary. Do they unzip that thing every couple hours and let him drink some uh, like a protein shake or yeah. something? Or perhaps there's a straw hole. And he can have a juice box. That's not a straw hole. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> but if you're a fan of Pulp Fiction and you understand what NFTs are, this has got to be great news for you. <laughs> and if you don't have a photograph of yourself standing in front of the pirate ship on the QEW, you better hurry up and get one because <laughs> days may be numbered, Jim. Yeah, this is a shame. There's a big push to take down, dismantle the iconic pirate ship. That has been there for not as long as I thought, honestly, Taz. How, like, I thought this thing was from the 1800s and crashed there one stormy night and has been there for over 100 years. <laughs> you thought it was the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there she blows! <laughs> this is, if you're, if you're not familiar with the QEW, um, I know there's some of our listeners closer to London who, who may not drive past that area often but if you're in hamilton you know exactly what we're talking about on the qew in about lincoln right well yeah by beamsville i think because that would be the closest landmark you, you get to lincoln and you see the uh, the pirate ship if you're driving to um towards niagara yeah anybody or who's driven to the falls would have seen that you yeah. can't miss it i thought it was i didn't realize it was even a real boat I have always, my entire life, I have thought that was, like, put there as a tourist attraction. Uh, like An art installation of sorts. Yeah, an attention grabber. Yeah. But well, turns out I'm impressed just to find out that at one point it was floating. 
It was floating, but it's not. It's still not what I thought it was. Apparently, this it was a former floating restaurant from Quebec, and then it was tugged all the way down and docked in 1997, and then was never moved, and its ownership was undetermined. In 2003, it somehow set ablaze, and then therefore it became a rusting hulk on Lake Ontario. It's been there for yeah, a little over 20 years. So, so so somebody parked it there and left it. It's like it's an abandoned uh, car, basically a in a parking restaurant. lot. It's an abandoned French restaurant. Yeah, it's like a food truck in the water. Uh, people are complaining, saying that uh, some think it's an eyesore. Some think it's it's a danger having those masts that are sticking up into the air. They could come down at some point. I guess if boats are coming up to it, you F- know, Fisheries it and Oceans Canada describes the state of the ship. As stranded, dilapidated, and burnt. That's its charm, you know? It's supposed to be dilapidated because it looks old. That's why I thought it was so like a turn-of-the-century ship. Well, the town of Lincoln is trying to save the landmark. Good. They like it because it's the only way you really realize you've hit Lincoln. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, they should. I bet you people probably pull over, take pictures, spend some money in town, whatever. There's probably a fry stand nearby somewhere. <laughs> Uh, save the ship. Yesterday we were talking about uh, candy that kids were, were getting, trick-or-treating, and some stuff was a little bit suspicious. There was a package that looked like marijuana edibles. The OPP put out a warning. Parents need to check all the candy that their kids collect because they thought they had a little a satchel of, of cannabis gummies mm-hmm. that they found in a kid's candy. Well, they, they checked it out, and it was not marijuana. It was just uh, hand-packed candy. Rip-off. Yeah, it's like somebody went to Bulk Barn and then individually sorted them for a treat bag, which makes me slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> don't hand-pack your candy. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could save a little bit of money, but I don't want you touching my candy before it goes into my kid's mouth. And you, you think that sounds bad. How about this one down in Texas? Of course it was Texas. A woman pulled a shotgun on a seven-year-old trick-or-treater. Yeah. he <laughs> take more than one from the bowl or what? <laughs> yeah, please take one. He took two. <laughs> the woman uh, was arrested. She saw some kids. She had the porch light on. The kids thought, okay, she must be taking part in the Halloween festivities. Walked up to her house. She came out, uh, seemed agitated, ended up pulling out a shotgun, and luckily nobody was hurt. It's Halloween, you know, kids are going to be everywhere, and, you know, how can somebody just come out with a weapon and scare these kids? She just asked me, who's in my driveway? And I was like, I don't know. She said, fine, since you can't tell me, I'm going to go get my shotgun. It was the second Halloween in a row that unfortunately we've had an incident with this particular neighbor. (laughs) Two in a row. (laughs) Stop going back. Somebody needs to sit her down and explain what Halloween is all about. Buy this woman a calendar. Because if she did not know it was October 31st and some some strange masked people came up to the door, maybe, maybe you would be startled. Yeah, there's no word. They say everything's bigger in Texas. I don't know how big seven-year-olds are down there. Cornbread Texans. Right, six foot three, seven year old. I didn't know he was wearing a mask. <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. 
If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.